Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, as always, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, say what's up. Hello. As I, I like that intro where I just said one word. And it's oh, yeah. It's, it's clean. It's it clean, is clean. We, we, keep move, it simple. we move past you really quickly <laughs> and into the actual show. Um, we are about 24 hours removed from North Texas, improving to 6-1, and 2-1 and one in Conference USA play. Um... With a win over Southern Miss yesterday, it was an afternoon game, which was kind of nice. started at 1. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad it wasn't delayed to a night game. Yeah, we got to go home and relax. Uh, Actually eat dinner. That's true. (laughs) I mean, hey, but I can't complain about the the dinner that they provide us. But see, we kind of get there at At lunchtime. That's true. We get there at like 3. And then you eat at like 4. 3 or 4, yeah. Yeah. And then so by the time the game is over, you still have to go eat dinner again. It's like 11 or 12, and you're like... Damn. Yeah. So, but it was it was it was nice. It I was good. Can't complain. I mean, I wish all of the games were at one o'clock because, again, you get the rest of the day to yourself. But then I got home and I was like, I woke up at ten, or actually I woke up at nine thirty. Thank you for waking me up again, Colin. You're, you're for, so I welcome. Forgot to set my <laughs> alarm. Woke up at about nine thirty. Got home at about, shoot, what was it, seven or something like that. So I mean, the day was still pretty much all football. But yeah. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Though. Nothing wrong with it. Um. So, like I said, North Texas beat Southern Miss 30-7. to Convincing. Con- very convincing win, which is, they, they, it felt like they settled down a lot of fans who were very anxious about this team after the last two weeks. With yeah. the loss to Louisiana Tech, then the shaky performance to UTEP yeah. last week. A lot of fans were like, what, what is this team? Is it the non-conference team that beat the crap out of everybody? Or the team who is barely going to get by Conference USA teams? And it looked like yesterday that the defense said, no, we're a team that really needs to be taken seriously because this that's who we are. We're not a team that's going to let UTEP score 24 points on us again. Agreed. So um, it was it was a fun – it was an interesting experience. It got delayed for like 30 minutes because it, it was rained. Good. Yeah. You had to tape your phone up or your phone, camera. your camera Yeah, up. we put like a poncho around it uh-huh. and I didn't have to use it. Yeah, My can... nose bled for like half an hour. Jesus. Yeah, you came up to the press box in the second quarter – I was like, what, what are you doing up here? And I was here, like, my nose was bleeding. Yeah, it's like, bad. I was like, well, it's like the fourth Jesus. time since Thursday, so. Yeah, it's not safe. You should probably get that checked out sometime Probably should, soon. but we're all right. Yeah, sure. It's going to start. We're kicking. As long as it doesn't start bleeding during this podcast, then it's we'll be Fair okay. point. I just sit here and just take it. Knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, I think the main storyline from yesterday's win for North Texas was just, I mean, returning to form, basically. Yeah. They, they're back. They appeared back to what we saw in the first four games against La, uh, against um, not La Tech, against Arkansas, against Liberty, and teams like that. Um, and I think it's all started with their defense. So I mean, just what were your what were your overall takeaways from the win? I think this game was probably the only game where we could come away from it and not have question marks still. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I feel like after every game, it's always like well, what if this happens, or what if this happens? Next game's the test game. This next game will really show us. I think this was the finally the game where we're able to kind of take the collection of everything that's happened so far this season and be like, okay, this is where this team can be consistently, instead of thinking that they're either at a high or a low, like we kind of have okay. seen every game this mm-hmm. season. So, we, I mean, we saw UTEP. They were obviously probably the lowest yeah. performance that they played all season. And then you have a game like Arkansas where it's at the peak, but you never kind of had that middle ground. Yeah, you knew they, they weren't going to be as good as they were against Arkansas right. consistently. Exactly. So I think this game shows what this team can be on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you have a good That's game true. for Mason. You don't have you don't put up 
45 points a game, but you put up 30 and you have the defense do its job. And I think that that's kind of what this team's identity is moving forward. Yeah, and I was on this podcast, what, three weeks ago when I said that the defense was legitimately better than the offense. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that seems to be the case still yeah. to this point. Yeah. Mason Mason even said it. Mason is concerned at this point with the offense, even though they put up 30 points on <laughs> one of the top three or four defenses in the conference. I mean, yeah. Southern Miss' defense is legitimately good. Seth Luttrell said that numerous times. And But Mason still was not happy with the 30 points that they were able to put up. Um, I think it was – I'm trying to remember the last time the defense didn't score um, or the special teams didn't have a big play. Um, I mean, the defense had the interception, obviously, which mm-hmm. was basically handed to them. The strip. And then the strip. Or- and then the strip by Kyrie Muhammad um, on the end zone. So those are two big plays. But I feel like the North Texas offense wasn't set up the way that they have been in past games. Like, they I didn't agree. consistently start on the, their their 40 or better. Like we saw in the Arkansas game. Yeah, the Arkansas game, the, uh, the Liberty game, uh, games like that. Even UTEP, I think they started a good amount of their possessions there. But regardless, I think that this was a good showing by the offense. Regardless of what Mason says, mm-hmm. I think Mason's just a pessimist a lot of times. I agree, but I mean, it's, it's, it's the greatness good. in him. It is it's the greatness it in is. him. It is, and um, you can't really take that away from Mason because Mason is always looking to get better. So agreed. Um, and we were looking at it before um, this podcast, just how what how his numbers stack up to last year's, and he's a little bit um, he's a little bit above what he was last year in mm-hmm. all statistical categories. But then he gets to interceptions, and he's at one interception this year where he was at seven last year. And yeah. so that's the difference yeah. in Mason Fine right now is that he's doing the same thing as last year pretty mm-hmm. much. I think his big play ability is a little – or not ability. He still has the ability, obviously. But his reliance on the big play is down, and he's just being more efficient. His exactly. per, uh, completion percentage is up 3%. And so it's just – yeah, it's a it's an improved Mason that is um, less erratic. Yeah, same touchdowns at sixteen, one interception this season. Uh, I think you sixty five to sixty three percent on the completion percentage last season, and he's like one hundred and fifteen yards improved on yards. Yeah. Um, so it, I feel like the big plays kind of made it seem like Mason's stats last year were a little more inflated mm-hmm. in terms of like when you're looking back from yeah. this year. And he like, also caught us off off guard last year. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you come from five touchdowns to six interceptions to. 31 and 15 and all those big plays that he had and I mean yep. that that'll feel that way but I think like I said this year it's this team's just better yeah I mean they are yeah and uh the worry the thought process coming into the season uh to go deeper down this uh, Mason rabbit hole was that Mason was going to have to put up huge numbers to compensate for the defense and the run game yeah which, well, uh, the defense has stepped up, and the run game has not been as good, but they've been adequate. And that uh, concern coming in was that the run game was going to be abysmal yeah. with Torrey, Smith, and Easley. But, I mean, Easley kind of settled this down at the beginning of the season, and then right now, even though he's got hurt, and it's obviously taken a little bit of a hit on the run game, I still think that the offensive line has done has done enough improvement from last year to compensate for that a little bit. So the running game is still adequate, and Mason Fine doesn't have to be Superman for Agreed. this team to win. Agreed. And, again, like I said, I think that, that makes makes Mason's image as a big playmaker kind of seem like he's not doing as well this season. But as we said before, his I mean, he's, he's doing better in every st- statistical category. And uh, he's only getting better. So especially after he beat – I mean, he's a, he is like – We'll talk about this later, but he's broke pretty much every single record other than yards he's, and touchdowns, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point, I just think that the 
um, as, as I mentioned, the reliance on Mason is a little bit lessened than last year because of the defense mm-hmm. and the running game. So that, to people, is going to portray as him not doing as well, even though statistically he has surpassed everything that he's had to do from last year. So I think that's one of the main things that I wanted to point out before we get into the, the full game analysis was that Mason's kind of a barometer of how where this team is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little bit better than last year, but the team is now 6-1 and one from what it was last year yeah. at this point. And last year at this point, they were coming off their blowout loss to FAU in, yep. games, in, in Week 7. So, I mean, it just shows that as a full team, it's just improved so much. Oh, yeah. And so Mason being better than he was last year feels like a downgrade. Exactly, so. no. Um, and if you, if you think about if you put last year's team against this schedule, they could easily be... You know, it would have been close. Four and three. It would have been interesting. Or, yeah, or I'm, three and four, depending on sure how you look at it. I'm not sure if last year's team would have beat Arkansas, because I don't know. It's such a that's such a different team. It's such it's, a yeah, exactly. The defense was so much worse I mean, last year than I this mean, year. all these the teams that they faced, they all rely on the passing game, like a Liberty, okay. for example. Liberty might have beat last year's team. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, just in terms of the secondary, just blowing coverage yeah. and and having those big plays, and that's what kind of just. Yeah, defeated. I just think the defense as a whole is just better. Yeah, I mean, every, every, aspect, every aspect of the game. Of, <laughs> that, the defense has has gotten so much that better. That is the biggest we're, surprise we're this season. We're going to talk about this, but, yeah. I mean, the defense just going from last year giving up 35, 36 points a game to now I think it's at 17 and a half points a game Yeah, is, is dumbfounding. That's crazy. It's amazing because, I mean, you look at it, they didn't lose a ton. But they lost some players in Joshua Wheeler, Keyshawn McClain, Eric Which we Jen- thought was going to be a, big, a yeah. big loss. Yeah, Eric Jenkins. I mean, you have players across the board that can all that could all play that you lost in a way. And But the depth of Seth Luttrell's recruiting and the players who already started to come in and fill those holes have done a tremendous job. And I think that they have... As I as I said before, they have just surpassed all expectations, and they've been the reason. They've been the reason why this team is six and one right now, for Agreed. the most part, Agreed. in my opinion. I agree. So let's get into this game. Let's get into this specific Southern Miss game. Uh, as I mentioned, thirty to seven victory for North Texas. It was a. I want to get deeper into Mason as a quarterback and how he played yesterday. Because you look at his stat line: twenty four thirty eight, no interceptions, two hundred ninety two yards. And one touchdown, including the longest touchdown pass of the season to Jalen Guyton, yeah. which was a very impromptu play. But it was, yeah. it, I mean, it, it worked. It showcased what Mason can do. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> did, it did. He just rolled out and he just launched it to a to an open Jalen Guyton. And that's a, uh, also, shout out to the offensive line for giving him that time to oh, roll yeah. out and yeah. set his feet and chunk it 53 yeah. yards. Um, that that arm strength was impressive for him to get it down there without without um yeah he had a he had a defender right in his face too the yeah, yeah I I'm trying to remember the entire game but Mason initially the offense as a whole wasn't was wasn't doing anything in the first half and then Mason kind of settled them in a little bit though because the run game in the first half was abysmal yeah it was it was like I want to say it was like four rushing I'm, yards I'm for look North I Texas have the, I have the book in front of me. Let me let me look. Halftime, it was eleven rushes for twenty nine yards. Okay, so the in board the was wrong. Was, I remember the board was wrong. In the first quarter, it was four rushes for one yard. Okay, so maybe yeah. that's probably what you remember yeah. before your st- nose yeah. started bleeding. 
Probably, yeah, because yeah, so, I did come up pretty early so in the yeah, game. Four rushes for one yard, and then 11 yard, uh, rushes for 29 yards in the first half. So it was all on Mason. And Mason in the first half, let me pull up the book again because... I want to say he threw most, very most of his yards in the first half, I think. Uh, Mason had... I don't think so. Let me check. Mason was... What the hell was passing? Oh, 16... Damn, you are right. 16 of 27 for 213 yards and one touchdown Yeah. in the first half alone so 16 to 27 that is that's a that's a standout um performance right there and then the second half um to go what is that eight of eight of 11 i mean for yeah for 80 yards roughly yeah he didn't have to do much because in the second half the run game settled in but i still think that him in the first half he kind of because without him playing the way he did in the first half i just feel right. like the southern miss would have got field you, possession you, you and I said this to to you before the before the podcast. If you throw an average quarterback out there, that doesn't happen at all. Yeah, I mean, I that fifty three yard touchdown doesn't happen. A lot of stuff doesn't happen, and I think we take Mason for granted mm-hmm. in terms of what we expect from him because he does everything. We just don't notice it. Yeah. We just we just become used to it. It's like it's like I'm not gonna compare Mason to LeBron, but I'm gonna say like when we watch when you watch LeBron James, it's like. You don't appreciate his greatness while mm-hmm. it's here, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And you yeah. hear that all the time. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's kind of what we're seeing from Mason at this point. The the thing that I wanted to get to for in the first half, that a lot of people because you look at it, you look at Mason's numbers, but then you wonder how did the offense score ten points? Um, but as as I mentioned, the run game was bad. But I mean, more importantly than just putting up points was getting them out of field position and put pinning Southern Miss back. Um, with their backs against the end zone several times in the first half. Mm-hmm. It just made the life so much easier for the North Texas defense. And I think that, as you mentioned, if Mason Fine isn't there, if it's an average quarterback or something, Southern Miss has better field position for the majority of that first yeah. half. And they probably score more than seven points than they did yeah. in the first half. And that, again, changes the complexion of the game. So I think his ability just to move the ball consistently and get a couple first downs, not go three and out too much, I think that by itself, yeah, was successful. I mean, he, Mason's able to make something out of nothing a lot of the time. I mean, that 53-yard touchdown was on a 99-yard drive. Yeah, that's so true. that's um, true. The, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I don't know what else to say more about that. Yeah, and he spread the ball around really well. I mean, I think, I mean, it has four receivers for three plus catches. I mean, that that's something. I feel like they didn't use the running backs as much, um, and that's evident by the re- receptions numbers. DeAndre Torrey, Nick Smith didn't get as many receptions. So. Yeah. Mike Mike Law got in there too. Mike Law got had some. So again, it was it was a spread out attack as usual, but it was more down the field stuff um, than what we've seen in the past against the Southern Miss defense. Who Seth Luttrell mentioned a couple times that they bring the safeties down. So a lot of it is just going out there and the receivers getting open and beating their man, mm-hmm. which which was a test at times. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Mason Fine will will find you if you're open. Agreed. And that's what we've found. Yeah. We've, we found out. Yep. Um, I think next move on to receivers. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a smooth transition. <laughs> since, since, since we just we just got done talking about their catches, um, I remember at one point while we were both in the press box, the 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 words uttered out of our both of our mouths, Jalen Guyton is back. Yeah, and uh, he had what was it, uh, seven seven catches for 124 100. yards and a touchdown. Uh, one of those catches was a 53 yard touchdown. So take that for what you will. Um, but then he had a drop. He did have one drop. He had one bad drop on on the sideline that um that kind of made us pause. But literally I, right after we said it, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> like right afterwards. So I I do think that Jalen 
I think he's gonna be fine because this game he had more yards than he did in the previous four games. Mm -hmm. He hadn't had a touchdown since week two, so this I mean Mason always says he takes what the defense gives him, but when he took what the defense gives him gave him in the past four games, and it was Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton was either dropping passes, either wasn't open. Which which led to the receptions being down, or it was a little five, six, seven yard route that Jalen yeah, Guyton had. The curl route. That yeah, he it was. Runs. It was. It wasn't anything special. Which we've seen Jalen Guyton be in the past. We've seen Jalen Guyton be special. He's been a special player for this offense. Yep. Last year and this year he hasn't been, which is why the last four games he's a totaled. Uh, he's totaled one forty yards, I think. So he hasn't had more yards. I think it was one forty yards in the past four games. He had one twenty four yesterday because all his receptions were. Little eight ten yeah, yard just I to get think. just to basically move the changes. Yeah, is all when it was. we've seen when we've seen Jalen Guyton at his best, he's doing what he did yesterday, which is catch a fifty three yard pass, which is get behind the defense, which is stretch out the defense multiple times, and so that was good to see him back. Yeah, I mean uh, another another moments too. He ran the curl route that he normally runs, and he shook he basically he shook his it. corner yeah. off, and then ran down the sideline for another twenty yards. Mm -hmm. So. You saw the dynamicism from Jalen yesterday, which I, which it's it's really nice to see. And it wasn't like, I mean, there were a few plays where Jalen was open and Mason just threw it to somebody else instead. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you saw Jalen getting open, and Southern Miss's defense is not anything to, you know, joke yeah. about. So um, they it, did. Um, Southern Miss defense did. Uh, I'm trying to think. From my preview, I'm trying to remember. They lost a couple corners from last year. But the linebacking core, as I mentioned going into the game, that their linebacking core is yeah. really, and you, really uh, good. I remember you mentioned that during guys. the game, too. So I knew that North Texas was not going to be able to run the ball. From 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 the get-go, I knew they were not they were going to have trouble doing that. Because then when I talked to Seth um, earlier this week, he was like, yeah, they're going to come down and stop the run. I was like, yeah, they're going to. So that's why the first half didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. I, I think I predicted 34-28, which... Which was eh, not not great from the Southern Miss perspective, but I said North forty twenty seven. So yeah, so you <laughs> had more high scoring than I did. But I, we we knew that it was going to be a tougher game to score points in bunches, and that's exactly how it looked in the first half. But then I feel like Rico Bussy and other guys they kind of they found their rhythm at least early on, and I think Southern Miss was okay with that. Mm -hmm. And just like. Both both receivers from both teams, both both receiving cores had good games. I mean, you look at Mitchell for them had twelve catches for one hundred thirty five yards. Yeah, Quez Watkins. Yeah, then Quez Watkins yeah. had seven for one hundred nine. Yeah. I mean, both receiving corps got their own, and I think that's okay. I think that's what the defenses wanted. I think the defenses were like, okay, yeah. receivers, you're gonna get your you're gonna get yours, but we're not gonna let you run the ball and actually, make, we're gonna keep you one dimensional. Exactly. That's what both defenses wanted to do. And the North Texas defense just did it better. Yep, and EJG has said that yesterday too that they wanted to keep Southern Miss uh, one-dimensional. And again, it makes it to where I mean, you saw what happens when you make a team one-dimensional, and the difference between a team that's able to run the ball. Yep. Because um, yep. I mean, you throw it every time. Sure, you have nice passing numbers, but then you're not able to do anything in the red zone to create any kind of Correct. you know keep anybody honest. So mm -hmm. they're able to just throw the throw the secondary back and uh, basically. Stop them. Yeah, I mean, just, like they did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so just to get into the other receivers, Rico Bussy had four catches for forty-one yards. Probably his worst game in a while. I haven't yeah. looked exactly at it, but four catches for forty-one yards, no touchdowns. Kelvin Smith three catches, twenty-five yards. Jalen Darden three catches, twenty-one yards. And then I know Mike Law had I think one for thirty-two yeah, I, I or something can, I like can that. Get that up. 
Yeah, Mike Law had two for 44. Okay, two for 44. And uh, DeAndre Torrey had two for 18. Like I mentioned, the, rece- the running backs didn't get a lot of love. Kudjo Young, one for 11 yards. And Caleb Chumley had his first reception of the year. Five yard. Big guy. Uh, <laughs> we need a soundboard clap yeah. for him. <laughs> Caleb Chumley, uh, one catch for five yards. So, good for him. <laughs> uh, let's get to the running backs. Because, like I said, they didn't catch the ball much. I don't, Nick, Smith didn't have, Nick Smith did not have a reception. Evan Johnson had one for three yards. DeAndre Torrey had one or whatever I just said, two. Mm-hmm. But DeAndre Torrey did not start the game. Nick Smith started the game in just the opening set that North Texas came out yep. in. But DeAndre Torrey did all the heavy lifting with 17 carries for 95 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Nick, Nick Smith had seven rushes for 40 yards, um, no touchdowns. But their averages were about the same. So, what did you take away from the running backs? I said this last week, and I still think it. DeAndre Torrey is the feature back. It should be the feature back. Uh, Nick Smith. I'm not saying he's like a scrub or anything. He's he's able to do like hit holes harder, like we like we talked mm-hmm. about. But DeAndre Torrey, he's shifty. He well, they used him in the in the one yard, two yard uh, scenarios to get in the end zone. They do, and that's how he has those three touchdowns. I only think one, one only one of those is the breakaway. Was that end one? I'm trying to think. Okay, he had two uh, where he. Broke down the middle. Yeah. Those were his first two, and then the third then one he where he just, broke yeah, right up the middle. Yeah. Thirty-four yards um, so, at the end. But yeah, he's um, they they feel comfortable with him as the power back, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But he's also a guy that can go on the outside. So Nick, while he's bigger, and Nick can also hit the edge really hard, and he can really hit the hole really well. DeAndre Torrey, I feel like, has another layer to him, and he can also catch passes pretty well. Yeah. Nick Smith is probably a better pass blocker because he's been in the system another year. Yeah. But, of course. But DeAndre Torrey, as far as running back goes, I think that he is um, more versatile. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, so you're saying that you want DeAndre Torrey to get instead of 17 to seven, you want it to be 21 to three, or do you want it to be? I take no. I take 21 to three. I don't, I'm not saying give him the. I'm not saying give him the ball like 30 times a game. But I'm saying, give, what percentage of the carries do you want DeAndre Torrey to have between those two? 75. Well, that's what 80, they had. 80. 17, I don't know. I can't do math that quickly. But, <laughs> I mean, he probably had about 70% of the carries last yesterday. 17 of 24. I don't know that math. Well, I'm... 16 of 24 is 66%. So, 17 of 24 is going to be around 70%. So, well, I said 75 to 80. So, <sighs> Okay. So, you want it to be like 20 to 4. Yeah. Okay. I think, I so think, you don't I, want... I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think Nick Smith... Although he's not, although he's probably on the same level as running as runner as DeAndre Torrey, he doesn't have that shiftiness to kind of shake yeah. his shake a defender. I don't. And I, it's like even if DeAndre Torrey is, you know, say like a one percent or two percent less runner than Nick Smith is, he's he adds that dynamicism to where he can kind of get free um, in the open field. Yeah, and they have to account for him as a pass catcher as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to note is Mason Fine had six carries for thirty yards. Those were all leg- freshmen. Those were all legitimate carries because he didn't get sacked. No. So, freshman Mason Fine. I just want to ask Graham Harrell, why? <laughs> I remember you making that. You're like Mason. This isn't freshman year. <laughs> why are we? Why are we doing this? I mean, Mason slid every time. So yeah. I think every time. I think at the end of the game he might have tried to. I don't know. Go remember when he? Year. Remember when he uh, trucked that linebacker freshman? Yeah, that's freshman year. That was the lead to my superstition story. Yeah. If you haven't checked that out, it's old. Let me know and I'll send it to you because that is the best thing I've ever written. Yeah, but man, he just destroyed that linebacker. So good. He it just, was like Mason was probably what like one seventy five at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, he was, just he destroyed was so this small. linebacker. He just trucked him. And then I, in the superstition story, 
the reason I led with it was because he said, yeah, because, yeah, before every game, I like to eat some beef jerky. And, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and that was his superstition. And so that's how I led it because I said, Mason Fine had two options, slide or put his shoulder down and get the extra yards. And he chose the latter. And he put his shoulder down and trucked the linebacker safety, whatever it was. And, and he couldn't have done it without beef jerky. <laughs> and that's exactly my lead. And it was tremendous. Oh. The best thing I've ever read. So Not true, but yeah. Definitely true. <laughs> I need my Pulitzer in the mail. Still haven't got it. <laughs> but, Sad. But yeah, Mason finds six carries for 30 yards. I, I'm not sure how, what to think about how do you, it. How do you like that? Do you, do you think they should use him in the run game? No. Okay, I agree. The man's beat up already as it is. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's beat up. I think we're just used to seeing him get destroyed, like last season, the season before. The offense line is better, so that's the good news. I'm, so he's and, not taking as better, many hits. It's not like ridiculously better, but, no, but it's also better. You to give credit to Mason, he's rolling out more. He's able to kind of sense. Yes, he is obviously smarter than he was last yeah, year. Um, but I remember one run. What was it? They they call a play a lot. I don't know what you call it, but Mason rolls out and it's basically like he caught a screen pass and he has the whole line in front of him. But oh, they, yeah. on that play, they always get like one yard and Mason always gets clobbered. Yeah. And I'm just every time I see the, that, the one big hit he took yesterday was on a quarter was on a QB read option play, and he handed off to Nick Smith or Tory. And the edge guy that he's reading, he's reading if he goes for the running back or him, and he goes straight for Mason, he hands the ball off, and he gets popped. Yep, I remember that. And you're just like, just Why? hand the ball just, off just, 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 just call a run. Stop it. Don't do these So, options. yeah, obviously you put – people were booing, but, I mean, that's a legal play because they have to account for Mason as a runner when he still has his hand on the ball, mm-hmm. and then he just lets it go, and he, boom, gets popped. I was like, just, Graham, be safe. Come on. <laughs> Put caution. Wrap him up bubble wrap. Please, dude. <laughs> Alright. The offensive line's done their part, though. Which yeah. is, our, which no, is I, what we should talk I, about I next. Think, I, th- I don't... I think they're slightly below average. They still are slightly you can't, below average. You can't Correct. say that they're an average or above average line. I just think it's good to see Mason not get sacked six times a game. He hasn't got sacked the last two games. Zero sacks the last two games. I know. Games. And it, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see. He's, you he's been performance, hit. Yeah, he's but. been hit. And uh, hurried, but it's it's. I mean that Troy game last season. Oh gosh! I don't. mean, it's nightmares. He he came out of. I remember seeing the picture <laughs> from after the game, and he has like he's just he's just wrapped in yeah. ice everywhere over his body, God, and his. It, we thought he broke his arm, in, in one of those plays, and it's just like man. Yeah, that Troy game was such a low. It's point. good, but it's good not to see that, and I'm glad that the offensive line has kind of stepped up. I mean, because they kind of had to, especially yeah. with Lauren Easley being out. Um, I'm still not sure what's happening at left tackle because Jordan I Murray saw, played the whole game. Didn't I he? know he played the whole game, but there was a, a lot of times where he had to either get help from the left guard because he isn't able to take on one-on-one situations for some reason. I mean, he's usually seven inches taller than the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> and he has the reach on the guys. Yeah, but yeah, Jacob Brammer, the left tackle that had been swapping in and out with him, didn't. Um, I didn't see him play. I didn't see him play either. I didn't. Con- I did I see him on the sidelines dressed. He wasn't injured or anything. So. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like you said, that's pretty much the main thing. But as I wrote earlier this week, the experience that they have coming back is has helped so much, I feel mm-hmm. like. I mean, they, they're they all on the same page. And that, at least, even if they're not super talented, they're, if they're all on the same page, you won't get those blown assignments exactly. that they've gotten Execution. Before. Yeah, and how many times have you seen free rushers come at Mason? I think there was, there was, one, only there was one, one that time. I remember where Mason yeah. shrugged him off on the when he turned. Uh but that was, I'm trying to remember, I think that was like a delayed blitz off the edge or something, which could have been Mason's fault for not picking that up. But right. 
regardless, I feel like they haven't had as many mistakes. Agreed. And that's, as long as you're fundamentally sound, you don't have to be the best offensive line. I so, agree. I agree. I think they've done well. Zero sacks um, in the last two games. So I do want to talk about, are we moving on? Are we done with the offensive line? Oh, you have something else to say? Not about the offensive line. Oh, then go ahead. Okay, so I know we don't have this a segment on this, but I know. do you think these block kicks or something? How are you going to take my something or nothing? Okay, How, we'll, we'll leave that for this. later. We'll look leave at this. I can't look at them. You're you, showing me look, all of them. Look, I'm showing you the first one. You took my first something or nothing. Oh, okay. Ridiculous. Well, we'll talk about this later Ridiculous. then. We'll talk about it later. How are you going to ask a something or nothing before the something or nothing segment? Because we're show. talking about the, the phases of the game. So but the, the we're not on the special teams. I did, we don't even have a special team well, section. This is the first week we don't have a special team I know. Oh, well, I'm covering it in something or nothing. Don't worry. Okay. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Fired. We'll move on. <laughs> okay. Defensively. Defensive front. Roderick Young, Ulasi Tawalo, Ladarius Hamilton, <coughs> Dion Noble had, th- had three tackles he was for big. loss. He was big. Man's a monster. Sophomore. Keep an eye on him. Number 97. He played his He played on the edge off. a couple times, too. Yeah. I thought he played on the defensive end, all three, you know? Did, was he at nose? I thought he was at nose for a couple. I, I saw him at nose one time. I don't remember. When he, I, when I he broke, when he broke through, I thought yeah, it was Bryce English at first. Yeah, huh. he broke through the huh. middle. Yeah, that's interesting. I just knew he was up. He was up front somewhere. So Novel had a great game. Three yeah. tackles for loss. All three of his tackles. The um, as I mentioned, Rod Rod Young. I gotta pull up the official, the official stats before before I start getting too deep into this. But I mean, here, here we go. Got him. Let me read him off to you. Uh, TJ had five total sacks, four by himself. Dion Noble had three, three tackles for loss. Ladarius Hamilton had two sacks. Those were both of his tackles. I mean, Ladarius yeah. Hamilton is a legitimate pass rusher. He had the one where he basically flew yeah. over the guy like yeah. a damn Superman. Um, who else? Where are we at? Roderick Young only had one tackle. was assisted, but uh, I usually don't expect too, too much from him. But, I mean, those guys... They bring a lot in a lot of different ways. I feel like they do a good job plugging holes. They they always talk about filling gaps. I yep. think they did a great job of that yesterday, and you, that's shown in Southern Miss's inability to run the ball. Mm-hmm. They also do a great job of moving the offensive line and opening up lanes for the linebackers to get in the backfield because I feel like that is the defense at this point is getting the linebackers space to attack, Yep. whether it's the quarterback, whether it's a running back. Just getting them space to attack in the backfield is huge for this offense because, or for this defense because they're a team that likes to get in your face, mm-hmm. a team that likes to get in the backfield. And I think they did a great job of that. I think yesterday's performance exemplified everything that Troy Refer as a defensive coordinator, wants yeah. to do for and this team. His improvements, or I guess the defense's improvements over the last three seasons has been unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the jump from last year to this year is just unbelievable. Yeah, in that's itself. all you have but, to look at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and EJ again talked about this, and so did Seth. When you win it, when you win in the trenches, mm-hmm. I mean, you could, uh, nine times out of ten you win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the line has impressed me so much this season, along with the linebackers, because yeah. they, they this is a this team blitzes a lot. They've just, I mean, every team so far this season, I don't think has really punished them at all. Up I mean, front. I don't, yeah, I don't up front. I say, yeah, uh, they haven't they haven't been exposed at all. Um, and there was never one game where I walked away and I was like, dang, the defensive line had a really bad game. You yeah. know what I mean? I think every game we, we talk about this line, every I mean, every pod we talk about this line and, and the linebackers and what they do for this team. Yeah, I felt like even Louisiana Tech, that loss, um, we mentioned how 
I don't think they they weren't pushed around up front. I felt like Louisiana Tech just did a good job of exposing some things of this defense, and I don't think the defense had their uh, best game with you know Kemon Hall going down mm-hmm. and Louisiana Tech's defense just um, really making it difficult on the North Texas offense. So I felt like there were a lot of things that played into that Louisiana Tech game, but that Louisiana Tech game is probably the only game that I could say that the defense didn't didn't look really good. Yeah, then against UTEP, UTEP had some big plays. They punched in a score here and there, but I still don't think the defense played poorly for right. that game I mean, it's at just, all. It's really, really the UTEP game was good offensive execution by. And I think, and, and I think for, UTEP played for a lot of the plays. Yeah, I think UTEP played really well, and I think it's hard to once you're not locked in, it's hard to get locked in mid-game. And right. yeah. coaches will say that all the time. So, yeah. but in the first four games, the defense was amazing. Like I said in this podcast before, and I think the defense line was a huge part in that. Like I said, I think that this defense wants to attack. And so the defense line really opens that up for the linebackers. Every time you see a linebacker make a play, look at what the defense line is doing because usually they're not in the backfield, but they're either occupying one or maybe two guys or a running back or something, mm-hmm. and they're opening up the, the play on the other side, whether it's a twist or a turn or some, anything like that. Yeah. They're usually freeing it up. So that gets into our linebacker um, segment. The fusion. Where fusion, <laughs> give some context to that. The Colin. fusion is a uh, is uh okay. So I don't remember what quarter it was. I guess second quarter. It was the second uh, second quarter, I believe. Yeah, EJ Gia came in, destroyed uh, Jack Abraham, and they did the uh, Dragon Ball Z fusion. Uh, I guess you call it their celebration, and they got a flag for it. It's amazing. But then EJ Gia made up for it later after they got the penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, conduct and made it to where they were forced to uh, kick it. Or punted, yeah. sorry. No, I and think, yeah. They punted. Remember. They didn't kick a field goal. No, no. Did, was that the possession they went for and didn't get it? Yeah. Okay, so they they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Yeah, that was the fourth and three or whatever it was. And then okay. EJ Gia sacked him. Okay. I don't remember the exact sequence, but... Okay, anyways, yeah. these linebackers are really good. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, Brandon Garner and EJ Gia, both seniors. I'm not sure they're going to replace them next year, but that's for another time. Brandon Garner, EJG, and then we can't forget about the Jack linebacker, which was mostly played by Joe Zogu. Yeah, and he had big game. Yeah, Joe Zogu for, I mean, most of the time, Jamie King has taken the spotlight at that position, and rightfully so, he's been great. But Joe Zogu, coming into the season, we knew he was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to look up, let me get his stats real quick. Joe Zogu had five tackles and two tackles for loss. Um, and and one pass deflection. And a, yeah, and a pass breakup. I mean, when you have, again, this defense has depth. This year, and you've yeah. seen it on the defensive line. You see it at the linebacker position, secondary at that Jack position. You've seen it at the secondary, yeah. and so it's just reassuring to have. When I'm not sure if Jamie King, if anything happened to him, but he played. He did play. Just Joe Zogu. I don't know if he outperformed in practice or something, but Joe played his butt off, and I, we knew yeah. coming into the season, Joe was yeah. Gonna that be was good. one of your people to watch, yeah, or one of your players and, to watch. Yeah, and pre-season. that hasn't really played out, but Joe, we know Joe can play. So yeah, seeing him perform well is not a surprise but back to the two middle linebackers like i said there's not enough good things you could say about those two because those two are the heart of the defense yeah. and they they just make this team go yeah <laughs> and ej especially basically i mean the leader of that whole defensive mm-hmm. front um he's he's uh he's very dynamic this year which I, we didn't see in the past mm-hmm. i mean he gets i mean two sacks 12 tackles and three tackles for a loss. That's, yeah, that's a game. Like that's a really <laughs> that's good game. A legit game. <laughs> um, the as I mentioned, I feel like they're more aggressive and they're more willing to try things this year. Mm-hmm. The 
the cornerbacks have done a great job. We'll get to them. The, the, the secondary has done a great job kind of letting them do whatever they want to do as a front six unit. Mm-hmm. The reward has been EJ Ajia and Brandon Garner just flying to the ball, whether it's run or pass. Yeah. Um, they have just been moving everywhere, and I think that they don't get enough credit for how the success of this team through seven games. They are a huge reason why this team is 6-1 and one at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, and when you, when you talk about them being able to try different things and, you know, take risks on defense it's when you're able to trust your secondary when kind of everyone's doing their job you're able to kind of take those risks you're able to try things and be more aggressive instead of you know worrying about what uh you know nate's gonna do or what Kyrie's gonna do in the backfield or even last year with Keyshawn, you didn't know you know linebackers and the defensive front are going to be worrying about those things you know and mm-hmm. having all that stuff on their mind so this year the the defensive has been playing kind of just it seems like free if that yeah, makes sense you know point. they're not they're not worrying about anything. They're just kind of playing their game. Each of them are doing their jobs, and they're performing because of that. Yeah. The secondary, again, was without Kimon Hall. The secondary was, once again, Nate Brooks guarding uh, Quez Watkins, who mm-hmm. was a very good receiver. Yeah. Uh, Cam Johnson. I don't remember who. I don't know if he was specifically on a guy. I want to say it was either he was just kind of He was just kind of out. Yeah, I don't know if it outside. was Jones or Mitchell more so. I'd have to go back and watch the film for that. But, I mean, Kyrie Muhammad obviously had the strip, the takeaway. Taylor Robinson had the interception, which was a multitude of a lot of things. Including yeah, a, a lot of that include, a lot happened there. Yeah, including <laughs> a stupid throw by Jack Abraham for some reason. That's a, that's a throw you would see Mason Fine just throw away into the stands. Yeah. But Jack, I don't know what Jack, poor Jack was thinking there. So. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, man, the, the front's getting to him. Let me just toss this thing yeah. like a punt. Yeah, like a and punt. That's basically what yep. it was. And Taylor, and Taylor got it. I mean, he was in the right spot at the right time. So... The secondary, I feel like, once again, had a good game. They were kind of conservative to start the game. They didn't let anything get behind them. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anything to get behind them. Even though they did give up big plays throughout the game in 45, 40-yarder, and a 32-yarder, I feel like a lot of those, I'm not going to say they were by design, but a lot of those happen when you're trying to get pressure and you're trying to stop the run. Agreed. Because they were trying to stop the run. Agreed. EJ said it multiple times. They were trying to make them one-dimensional. So yeah. when you do that, you're going to have a game where Jack Abraham goes 29 of 42. It happens. I mean, you're going to give up yeah. big plays, but obviously those big plays did not lead to scores. Yeah, it, and so. it's it's they gave up the big plays at the right times, and they knew mm-hmm. that they could give up a big play at that time. I don't think all these big plays, like you said, were because they were trying to stop the run, and they were trying to force Jack Abraham to throw the ball. Yeah. And there was a lot of times when Jack Abraham would uh, would be under pressure, and he just kind of tossed the ball up, and, I mean, it would not yeah. even be close to where it needed to be. So, um, no, I think I think... Even in the red zone, the they kept everything in front of them. Like you said, there wasn't there wasn't any blown coverages and anything. And the big plays that they give up, they I think I'm not gonna say they were okay to give up, but I mean it happens. Like you said, yeah. Uh, the one touchdown Southern Miss has was Quez Watkins catch and run where he broke like four tackles yeah. <laughs> and got into the end zone, which had everyone upset um, because they're like, oh, you gotta tackle, tackle, come on, tackle. And I was like, this this defense has been tackling all yeah. season. Um, and it was ten to seven at that point. I think it was what. I think so. I don't. I don't remember exactly. I know the score at at the end of um, the quarter was ten to seven, or the end of half was ten to seven. It was zero zero at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And then it was ten to seven at halftime. So. Um. Anything else you want to add on the analysis? Any other player you want to point out having a huge game or anything like that? No. no? All right. Let's get into Mason because Mason broke another record today. What a man! Yesterday, yesterday. I should say. I can't speak. 
He is now the all-time leader in completions at North Texas history with 653. So congratulations to Mason. Press the imaginary soundboard. Give him a round of applause. Round of applause. Good job, Mason. Uh, he... As I mentioned, he completed 24 passes. He's going to break every single record imaginable by the, by the end of the season. He's never, ever going to get caught. Um, nonetheless, if football gets rid of the run completely, then and it's just strictly 7-on-7 seven seven passing, yeah. then someone <laughs> might. But until that happens, I don't know. I think if Mason stays healthy at this point, he still has six more games this year, 12 at more games at least next year. Good Lord, he's going to break a lot of records. Yeah, um, he's only 685 passing yards away from the all-time yards leader. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be broken by the end of the season. And again, the hope is that, again, I mentioned it last week, the hope is that he gets 600, how many? 85? Yeah, 685. 685 yards in two games. So that way they, For the Rice game. So that way it's out the Rice game. So that would take... Uh, 350 yards? There's no way. There's well, I don't know. There three, might be a way. 350 if, way. You say he, if he throw if if yesterday's game was closer, he'd throw more. Yeah. So two 350 yard games, pretty much two 300. Yeah, 200, 350, two 350 yard games, and he'll get it. Uh, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. I mean, he might need one of those 400 yard games, but Rice is, is probably just gonna be close. So I thought Mason was gonna get it last night, but he just. I mean, the running game just kind of came along. Yeah, the running game was was but, really good. So. <clears throat> Uh, but no, yeah, Mason, we already talked about him. He's great. He's going to break every record in the book. He's the best quarterback in North Texas history by far. And yep. after this, I don't really know what's going to happen. So, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this um, We'll keep you updated with all the stat with all the milestones he's going to pass. It'll be like one a week at this yeah. point. Oh, uh, just to update everyone, he is fifth in passing yards in the nation. He's yes. 11th in touchdowns and... He only has one interception, one so interception, that's, that's so amongst we, the leaders. Yeah, so... I haven't uh, looked the exact. Mason's good. Mason is still very good. Shocking. Breaking. Breaking. <laughs> um, I think that's all I had on that. I think, who was it? Rico caught his 100th pass. Rico, oh, yeah, Rico caught his 100th pass. 100th pass for, for North Texas. And then Michael Lawrence broke 1,000. Michael Law broke 1,000. Good for him. Even though I could have, how much did he have last year? Like eight hundred something, mm -hmm. Mike Law. Well, he have to think he hasn't really caught it. Yeah, He's yeah. had multiple games where yeah, he hasn't caught this much. year. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into Conference USA outlook because we have beaten this game. Lots of stuff has happened. I it, think. I think first we should talk about teams that we played or North Texas has played in the past that have been actually doing pretty all right. Liberty yeah, so beat. Liberty did beat Troy. Yeah. Shockingly, you twenty-two to 16. 22 to sixteen. Twenty-two to sixteen. That. Someone on Twitter said it. it's going to raise their strength of schedule. North Texas strength of schedule. Plane up. Plane up. <laughs> um, so that was a big win. There was another win. I'm not. You said Arkansas beat somebody. No, I'm, I, I can't speculate because I'm not going to remember. And I forgot to look it up exactly. But regardless, that, that's a big win. Uh, Louisiana Tech. I had this all written down, actually. Hold on. What am I doing? So Louisiana Tech beat UTSA. What was the final on that thirty-five to three? I believe. So, yeah, thirty-one to three, something like that. It was. My computer would look thirty-one to three. Thirty-one to three. Yeah, so, and that was in San Antonio, I believe. Um, so UTSA again is not impressed this year, uh, but that was only their first loss in conference play. UTSA, so mm -hmm. same record as North Texas. It definitely wasn't Arkansas, by the way. Okay, well, how, how did Arkansas do? Arkansas lost to Ole Miss thirty-seven to thirty-three, and then they lost no, to Alabama sixty-five to thirty-one. Yeah, but Alabama. Um, who, who's another team? SMU? Uh, SMU. Oh, that might have been SMU. Hold on. It might have been SMU. That sounds familiar. 
I, I, Twitter just kind of goes through yeah, my head now. Twitter just <laughs> runs by my head the entire time. Definitely so wasn't thinking Oh, about uh, no, it definitely wasn't them. So who else, did, who else did North Texas play? SMU, Incarnate Word, Liberty, Arkansas. SMU did put up 20 on UCF. La Tech, UTEP. Did UTEP win? Can you look up UTEP score? Yeah. I don't think they did. But. Um, Middle Tennessee and... Okay, yeah, so let's go. Middle Tennessee FF. Um, IU, FIU is now the leaders in the Eastern Division, and you might be saying, why are we talking about the East? We're in the West. Uh, well, we're talking about the East because potentially North Texas will be playing the winner of the, of the East. So if FIU wins it, that would be a shock because they were not supposed to be that the good. The other Florida year. school. Yeah, the mm-hmm. other Florida school. FAU is now 1-1. One one. I believe they were on a bye. Middle Tennessee lost to FIU, which was an upset because Middle Tennessee beat FAU. FIU is 2-0. Yes, FIU is 2-0. Is that what I said? That's what I said. I thought, oh, I thought you said FAU. Never anyway, mind. FAU yeah, was 1-1. I'm sorry. So you have FIU, 2-0. Middle, I believe, 1-1. 2-1. 2-1. We'll go ahead and read it off if you have it. This is conference. Yes, conference. Um, yeah, uh, so for the East, uh, you have, it, this is the top five. Uh, 2-0 for Florida, Atlanta, or Florida International. Middle, middle is 2-1. Marshall's 2-1. Charlotte is 2-1. And, and then Florida Atlantic down at 1-1. One one. Yeah. And then Old Dominion. Can't forget about Old Dominion. They are Old Dominion's 0-4. 0-4. They're 1-6 on the season after beating uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Sorry, Virginia Tech. Sad. Sorry to shrink the schedules down. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then in the West, once you get to the West. The West is, is a different story because if you were to ask us who was going to win this, Entering the season, we it would say North Texas, teams, Louisiana possibly. Tech. Yeah, and UEB has become a dark horse. They have. At 3-0. They have. they have. They beat the um, hell out of La Tech. And they beat La Tech. Two weeks ago. Um, uh, so top five, we'll just go down that. UAB 3-0, La Tech 2-1, North Texas 2-1, UTSA 2-1, but UTSA yes, is of course. just... Rice and UTEP yeah. wins. So really, it's those top three teams. Um, UAB beat... Um, Southern Miss is now one and two in conference play. As just a additional, oh, yeah. t- additional yeah. tidbit, yeah, or one and one. I'm sorry, one and one in conference USA. Southern Miss is because they were one and zero coming in. Uh, uh, but UAB beat um, Rice 42-0. Rice is just really that bad. Rice is definitely <laughs> that bad. Um, and the thing is, the bottom tier of this conference is what makes this conference so bad. Yeah, like I mean, the top end is not terrible. The, the top, top end is a is a is a pretty good team. It has pretty good teams. Yeah, it has good teams. It has teams that can play with teams in I mean other mediocre conferences. Well, I mean, even I mean, you could even argue some power. I mean, they could give Power Five teams a a game. Yes, yes, like Louisiana Tech or as Southern Miss did. Uh, North Texas, Texas did. LSU. Yes, Southern Miss, Auburn, yeah, North Texas, Arkansas. And so you have. I'm not saying that they were going to win those games. Yes, but of course. You're giving them a game. Yes, of course. Like they can compete with anybody. But then you get to lower tiers of this conference, and you get Old Dominion, UTEP, Rice, oh, man. Charlotte is not good despite what they are in, in conference, which is more of an indictment on the conference. Western Kentucky, I think, is terrible this year. Yeah, um, they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and so you get five teams that are just. Probably five of the fifteen worst teams in the country. Yeah, and maybe two of the last, literally yeah. the last two teams. Yeah, probably yeah. Literally <laughs> the worst two teams in, in the country. And you're just your strength of conference just goes yeah. way down. Um, so yeah, that's why UAB beat Rice forty-two to zero. Yeah, this next, I I guess we're not doing the preview yet, but no, UAB is is definitely someone to look at. I think, um, but uh, just to go over their stats. 
for you want to do season or game? You can just do the game stats. Okay, so for the game, AJ, er, I don't know AJ Early, Early, uh, eleven for seventeen for two hundred seventy-four yards and two touchdowns. He averaged sixteen yards a pass. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say that that's that's just Rice's defense. Yeah, and that's also including a ninety-four yard or ninety-six yard touchdown 96 pass. Yard touchdown and like a forty-something yard touchdown pass. Yeah. So again, Rice is just that bad. Rice um, is bad. <laughs> rushing nine carries for seventy yards by Lucius Stanley. Um, he averaged seven and a half, uh, seven point eight yards per carry, and then you had Jerrion Street and Spencer Brown, um, each with thirty-seven and thirty-six yards respectively, both of the touchdown, and then you had uh, Erdley with one touchdown himself rushing. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, and then I guess receiving Xavier or Xavier, I don't know how Ubozzi? to pronounce it. Yeah, Ubozzi with four receptions for one hundred ninety-six yards. And Again, that includes both 90. of the touchdown passes from Erdley that were both long. So yeah, so they got big play receivers. We know that. And we'll get into this in our preview, not to get too deep into it, but yeah, they they can make big plays on offense, and they did against Rice because Rice gives that up. And the good thing about UAB is that they didn't fall victim to a trap game. You know, they came off of a a big win against La Tech, and they it's have North Texas really Tech a trap team. game. Yeah, you know, you can play. UTEP was a trap game. Okay, I would say that Rice is probably worse than UTEP. Probably, but still, UTEP is the trap game, and North Texas played like crap, and they fell into the trap. Okay. Even if they won, they fell into the trap. Point. Um, but yeah, Rice's quarterback had 79 yards, so <laughs> yeah, there we'll you go. Get, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into UAB. Um, La Tech. La Tech. So, La Tech, after losing to UAB, mm-hmm. um, they beat the hell they out beat of UTSA. They beat UTSA really bad, which is arguably... One of the worst teams in the country, uh, thirty-one oh, yeah. to three. I forgot about UTSA. I didn't even name UTSA when I named those five. Yeah, so UTSA UTF. throws six in the bottom fifteen. Yeah. Um, they won thirty-one to three. Uh, Jamar Smith is tw- was twenty-five for thirty-six for three hundred nine yards and a touchdown and a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, rushing, I don't know his first name. McKnight had ten carries for forty-two touchdowns, or forty-two yards and two touchdowns, and receiving. Uh, Scott had two receptions for eighty yards and one touchdown. Hmm. Um, they weren't going to lose this game no matter what. Mm-hmm. We, we both knew that coming this game. Yeah. Um, La Tech, it's good that they bounced back after this la- mm-hmm. after their last game, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, like you said, it's a three-team battle for the first yeah. spot. North Texas, UAB, La Tech, and that's only through three games of this conference season, and there's still a lot more to go. So. Yeah, I mean, anything could happen after mm-hmm. we saw UAB, uh, or sorry, La Tech lose to UAB. And mm-hmm. that's really who we only thought had a chance at yeah. winning the Again, North Texas conference. still needs La Tech to lose a game. Yeah, La Tech still has to lose a game. Let's yeah. not let's not forget that. North Texas is no by no means a lock. Nope. Yeah. Incorrect. Uh, it, and then next one we we previewed Middle in Florida and Yeah, we, right? we kinda talked about Middle and Florida a little bit. We didn't talk about them too. Yeah, we did, we did. We talked about them a good amount. Yeah. But if you have the specific stats, yeah, just we'll read just go through them. that real fast. Middle um Middle's quarterback is really bad. Um, is really bad. He just had a bad game. We don't know that. We haven't seen enough Middle Tennessee. Nine to, for to twenty for one hundred and fourteen yards and an Maybe interception. Maybe they just run the ball a lot. He also led the team in rushing yards. How much? Uh, Twenty-one carries. See, so they run the ball a lot. Hold on, their oh, quarterback God. has twenty-one carries. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's looking like a triple option. North Texas from three years ago is what that's looking <laughs> like. Um, for one, 21 carries for 85 yards and one touchdown, and the receiving, uh, their leading receiver had five receptions for 74 yards. For FIU, their quarterback 27 for 36, 311 yards, two touchdowns, rushing Ooh. 13 carries for 45 yards, and receiving five receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Um, 
middle basically should have won this game at the end because they had the ball apparently really late. And then I don't. Just I guess couldn't do anything with it. Uh, yeah, because their hmm. their FPI or yeah yeah ESPN thing it was like at eighty and then it just dropped. No, that's weird. Yeah, I so. gotta look at the highlights from that game. I haven't had time. Yeah, have to FIU also dominated possession, thirty four minutes to twenty five. So. All right, all right. Let's get into something or nothing. Okay. You gonna, you want to save the save the first one for last? No, I'm getting it out of the way since you already spoiled it. Okay. Something or nothing. Time. Here we go. Let's do it. Sponsored by nobody. <laughs> Let me know if you want to sponsor us. Sponsor, <laughs> sponsor this segment of the show. You will be who, who could sponsor? You will be heard who by could sponsor? no more than 100 people, I promise. But you will still be on the podcast. Yeah. Who can sponsor us? Um, Canes. Chicken Express. Oh. Since it got it. destroyed, you might need some. <laughs> literally got you, just demolished. You might need some uh, publicity. In the North Texas area, and so just let us know, and we're here for you. Um, all right, first, something or nothing. There was another blocked kick. Yep. Is that something or nothing? Definitely Colin? something. I made a comment about this. Yes, you uh, did. It's one of the photographers um, on the field. So the one kick was blocked. Correct. And then there was the penalty by the defense, or Southern Miss's defense, uh, on another kick. And then after that, or on that on that play, this uh, what you, this long snapper got yeah. just completely pancaked. I mean, absolutely, oh. the whole line mm-hmm. just got destroyed. Then they redid the kick, and he got just, just the whole line just got destroyed again. And I was like, Was that when he made the field goal? Yes. Okay. He made so, it. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is, but this is kind of becoming a trend almost in terms of field goal protection. Field goal protection, exactly. Um, and I don't really understand why because it's not like. I, I mean, I just don't. <laughs> this, this, yeah. It's not like it's not like it's the. I want. I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah, gonna you, try to you, belittle their job, but it's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's. it's oh, it, you see a lot of teams do it, and you do. They, they're all fine. Yeah. And so for the I mean, North UTEP, Texas, UTEP was fine. Yeah, for North Texas to have trouble with it is kind of bizarre. Yeah, and um, to see that, and then to see it happening, see another block kick, and I don't even think North Texas had a block kick last year. Uh, they had one. Trevor Moore got blocked one time. I don't remember exactly. There probably was. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's weird, and I think that this might become a trend for later, especially as they start to play the UABs of the world, mm-hmm. um, the FAUs of the world, because, and this could be big too, because, I mean, you miss a field goal, that yeah. could be game-changing, mm-hmm. and we saw that against La Tech. Yeah, so it is something. It is definitely something. Something or nothing, Bruni. See, I have to think about this, because I, like you said, this hasn't been a problem. And I think that the Louisiana Tech block really magnified things. And rightfully so. I mean, yeah. it was a clear off the edge, nobody touched him, block by a McRobertson. But it's, it's, it's something. I'm going to say it's something because you can't be having this many problems. I did notice what you noticed on the made field goal that the, offensive, that the line did get pushed back. Yeah, it, it, it's twice in a row, by the way. I mean, it's back-to-back. They got yeah. even, even if one was encroachment. Yeah, the... Um, but they did bring a lot of people. I want to say they brought like nine or ten people, which is kind of unusual. Like that's when you're selling out to block a kick. So they did kind of sell out in a way to block the to to bother the kicker, even if it didn't work. So I do say it's something, but I don't put it past Biagi to fix soon. I just I, and I hope it is fixed soon because if not, then like you said, 
That could change that, the game. That could change that a lot of games. We've seen it change a game already, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. North Texas has seen it firsthand yep. that it will cost you a game. So. And and everyone who says that Cole Headland should have made that one kick, that could have been a protection problem. We, we just didn't see it. Yeah. So. All right. Something or nothing, Mason's saying the offense needs to score more points. I am going to say something in terms of what? That's a good question. I don't, I need okay, to... I'm, I'm just going to say what my interpretation has okay. that sound. Okay, yeah. I say it's something. I think coming into this season, we had high expectations, and rightfully so, from last this season. This is how I meant it, by the way, yes. Okay. Um, we talked about throughout the season the receivers not doing what they need to be doing. Mason's been doing exactly what we expected of him. Um, but the receivers have kind of let Mason down. We've talked about this, and I think Mason knows that. Not saying that he's like trying to take shots at them obviously of course, of course but he knows that they can perform a lot better and Seth even talks about this after pretty much every game that the offense has not hit their potential Mason uh-huh. says this the offense has not hit its yeah. potential and he's he's rightfully so he's getting frustrated because he saw he saw the potential of the receivers last year and if you had that with him this year, Mason this year and then the receivers that they had last year along with the improvement of the line and improvement of the defense and improvement of everything else there's no reason why they shouldn't have put up 40 points yesterday or 45 points yesterday. Yeah. Um, especially when you have a drop like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just by everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's nothing because I think it's just Mason being a perfectionist that he is. You put up 30 points on a good defense, and you've put up plenty of points. You still average, I think, 40 some 41 points for the season. The offense needs to – obviously the offense wants to get better because right now they're getting overshadowed by the defense that's being played – played on the other side the mm-hmm. defense is playing their butts off right now so i just think mason's kind of upset because it's the first time that the offense is kind of like the people are looking at the offense like hey <laughs> what's what's going on over there why why are y'all only scoring 30 points over <laughs> yeah. here because last year 30 points would get them beat this year 30 points is a 23 point victory so that's fair yeah. so it's a completely different but see scale. that is a reason why it is something though because why are they underperforming they're underperforming. I mean, you, you could say you could say you could make an argument that they are getting comfortable with the defense being so damn good, and that's right. A normal and that thing. is that means that it is something. It might be a problem, but it's a natural thing that I don't know if you can do anything about. Right, but I mean, okay, like last right, year, comfortable, comfortable, yes. But you can't say drop catches are because they're getting comfortable. You cannot. Yes, you, can. you No, you cannot. That's a mindset. That's a mindset of being complacent. It's and not, what complacent and comfortable that's the same not, thing. They're not they're not running the route and going, yeah, my defense will save me. I'll just drop this pass. No, but before they go in there and they're 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 let's say up ten to seven, they they know before they go onto the field that if they don't score a touchdown, they're probably not going to be losing the next time they go okay, on the field. So that's, and that wasn't so, the case so, last year. So, last year, if they didn't score every time they touched the ball, they were down 14 points to Troy, to FAU, to people. Right, right. Okay, but it's 0-0. It's zero to zero. They didn't score in their first three series. You'd think that they're still going to be complacent? No, but the, the game was still 0-0. Zero, zero. I don't think you can say that with... The last U- year, I don't it would have been 14-0. I, I don't think you can say that with the UTEP game and the LaTeX game as the previous two games. The LaTeX game, I agree. I don't think that you can say that, but the UTEP game, I think they were complacent. Right, they were complacent, but that shouldn't make them complacent for this game. No, no, no. Okay, I'm saying on specific drives, I think that the offense obviously wants to do well. But the defense playing so well makes for that the offense does not want to turn the ball over. Okay, they don't want to give the defense... Right. Because 
you want to obviously pin the the other team back and let your defense go to work, and they'll either get an inter- a turnover, which they've done plenty of times, which is likely at this point, or they'll give you better field position than what you had. And so, with that in mind, that's not something they had in mind last year. Last year, they were like, we need to score the ball, chunk the ball to Jalen Guyton, chunk, give the ball to Jeffrey Wilson on the outside. We need to score now. Now it's we really want to score. But if we don't, we're going to punt and we're going to pin them and then we're going to get the ball back and then we can go have a better chance at scoring. I don't agree. So I just think that I just think that while obviously they want to catch every pass, they want to do everything well, there's something that is to be said with when the defense is playing better, you don't have to score every time. I don't think they have to score every time. And I don't think they... It's a different mindset. I, Would you I not agree, say it's a different I, mindset? I agree it's a different mindset, but I do not think that that... Is a reason that they shouldn't live up to their potential. Does that make sense? Yes, but I'm, because I'm because just because that, look at if that UTEP game. Every one of those drives that they didn't score, UTEP could have scored unless they didn't pick the ball off in the end zone. I mean, they were under pressure. It's I not agree. like they went out there and they were like, "Okay, the defense will save us this next drive." I, I think the UTEP was an anomaly because I think that the UTEP game they I, came I, in. I there agree. With just a, I agree that it's an anomaly. I think the Latte game and the Southern Miss games are the games we should point to. I don't think we should point to the UTEP team. But I think the U- but you can't say that they're even though UTEP is bad, you can't say that they can go out on a drive thinking that the defense is gonna stop after you have those last two games. The game still happened. And they're still game but planning. But if that's an anomaly then I don't think you can but, take but they're too not much coaching, from it. But they're not coaching coaching from it like but it's, an knows it's an anomaly. Right. If, if you not, if they he said before, if they come with the right mindset, this team is a great team. So we're therefore, just, he knows that they didn't come with the right we're, mindset. We're agreeing to disagree. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let, let us know what you think. Because we actually had someone reply to us on Twitter and last week. And so I want to thank him for replying to one of my man. questions. Um, let us know if you think that is the offense – how do I even phrase this? Is, <laughs> should, should, the, should Mason Fine be, be upset. upset? Does he have a right to be upset about this offense and why? Okay, yeah, that's because the I'm saying that he should shouldn't be upset. I think that obviously he should be. He's going to be upset. I think he's just he's going to be upset no matter what. And I think that he's upset because they're complacent at this point because the defense is so damn good. They don't have to score every time. I don't. But you're. But I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I go ahead. I think you're. I th- the way you're saying it makes me think that you're saying it to where Mason is upset that they're being outshined by the defense. No. Okay. But it changes the mindset when you have a defense that can actually play. And we both agree on that. I, yeah, I agree. We on agree that, that the defense playing really well makes the offense gives them a sense of security right, but that there, they didn't have last but, year. But there is no reason why Mason can't go out there and be like, "Okay, I want to put up sixty points," like Alabama does on everybody. Not saying that they're of course, of course, Alabama, of course. like UCF does on everybody, like USF does on everybody. They're putting up on teams that are completely inferior to them. They are making sure that it is known that they are a step above and a class above those teams. Mason is mad because that is not happening. Yes, and I and don't he know. Knows, if, and he I don't knows, know if this team is at that level. But I think. But Mason knows that it's possible, and we both know that it's possible. It is. So they have to get that edge back of the first four games that they had. I've said this before. If they get that edge back they had going out against Arkansas, then we will see that again. But until that happens, we're not going to see. And the Rice game will be a great indication of that because if they go out there at home on homecoming and don't beat that team fifty-six to two, okay, then we'll have a problem. A, A good a good comparison is like. Is Texas back? I know you're a Texas fan. Of course. I'm not saying they're bad this year. But everyone expected Baylor's not great. Yes. Um, Texas should have gone in and beat them they way have. more by what they have. That, I think, is what Mason is saying. They did fine yesterday. 
with the 30 to 7. Obviously, it was convincing win. We're not questioning the win. But when you only beat UTEP by whatever, Mason's going to be upset. When you lose to La Tech on a field goal, you should have put up more points. On the past, previous games, Liberty, they should have gotten hot earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's getting upset because these are teams that Mason knows he and the offense can put up a lot more points on than they have. So I don't think... I don't think it's something in the sense that they're going to underperform so much that it's that's going to ruin their yes, game. Of course. But I think it's something in the fact that they should be punishing teams. Yes. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Okay. I understand what you're saying. And I think it's a good point. I think that's a good thing to bring up. Okay. But it's a good conversation. So let us know what you think. Does Mason have a right to be upset about this offense? And should we be... I don't want to say should we be worried about this offense. But is this offense com- getting... What was the I, over, I, or not? not. Uh, do you think this? Do you this, think this offense is underperforming okay. to their potential? Yeah. Do you think the offense is underperforming? Because I, I think we both and agree. why and yeah, why and because why. I kind of do think they are underperforming, but it's for a different reason than you. So that's I agree. that's why I want to know I, why. And, and just to clarify, we're not saying that they're bad or that they're they're, they're they're averaging they're, over forty points. Yeah, a game or still. that they're all complacent and stuff like that. Obviously, we know that they want to score. <laughs> no, they're just cocky offensive <laughs> players that just want to score touchdowns. <laughs> damn it. What is this? All right, next, next, something. All right, next up, um, so is it something or nothing that Brandon Gardner and EJ Agia got a penalty on this celebration? I hate the, you the best celebration of, I've ever seen all year. I'm so talking, for those of y'all who haven't God, seen it, damn. literally just go I to retweeted. Your, go to, go to, we were we both retweeted it. Uh, just go to your little gift thing and type in Dragon Ball and scroll down. You'll see it. You'll see the celebration. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, Brady Queen, Brady King. Shout out to Brady King. He yeah. tweeted it out initially. Great celebration, Brandon and EJ. If y'all are listening to this, Brandon and EJ, I want to see it again. All right, maybe yeah. do, maybe maybe do a closer sideline. Different a refs. Bit. Yeah, different. Just tell the refs you're like, look, we're not taunting. Yeah, we're doing a damn celebration. We're just happy. From, we're doing a celebration from a show. You laughed about it for like a solid I couldn't 15 stop minutes. No. <laughs> Last night, when I tweeted out I couldn't stop laughing, I'm literally sitting in my bed just laughing at these guys doing it. Because <laughs> it's so clean. Yeah, no, it's it was so perfect. Good. They, they practiced it. It they was practiced. They did it so well. I All couldn't get flag. over it. All for a flag you know and an what? eventual stop. I don't even care. Yeah, you said that too. It was worth every damn yard. And, but I saw people getting... The reason I asked this question was because I saw people getting upset on Twitter saying... If they spend as much time tackling as they do working on their stop their celebrations, stop. What, what kind of argument is that? If he literally got a sack right he before, gets, <laughs> right before, before the sack. Right, right after he did it, like um, uh, I think it is something in the sense that they are able to do this because they are playing well. They're playing amazing. They're playing amazing. They're playing amazing. And um, so I I just think that they let them have fun. They need to. Keep up these celebrations. I want a different one for the Rice game. It's homecoming. We guys. already get saw, creative, okay? I Come forgot on. what it's called. I love the creativity. Keep we, it up. We already saw one Dragon Ball celebration. Oh yeah, earlier. Brandon Gardner already did one. The so, bang. Yeah. So I want to see another one. I want to see a different one every week. Keep watching the shows. Oh, hold on, something. we have a response. Okay. We have a response to okay. what we just said. He says it's frustrating because they don't put it together. Oh, this is the offense. Okay. Yes, yes. That's Sorry, what I figured it's it frustrating because they don't put together a whole game. They have good quarters, not good games, offensively speaking. So. It's it's so difficult. Well, again, that we we kind of we agree on that. We agree that they're not living up to their potential. Right. Um, one thing, I just don't know. The expectations of this offense have been so high, and that's why Mason is but, upset. But rightfully so. Yes. Like like last season when we were like, Nate Brooks is going to be really good. Blah 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 is going to be really <laughs> yeah. good. Everything is going to be really good, and they obviously completely just threw that on, under the bridge. But. Last year, 
it was more like, okay, there was reasons for it. We're like, okay, maybe they're not as good as we thought. We yes. know this offense is capable of doing good quarters, good whole games, because they did it last season. Because they did they this season. But I know there have been drives every single SMU game. Was, multi- SMU multi- was a complete offensive performance. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And that, that's what the team should be doing every time, I think. That's such a damn high expectation. But is it? Come on. But we're talking it? about but, North but, Texas going against North. Okay, North Texas is not Alabama. And Alabama even. I'm not I watched saying, the first I'm, quarter I'm, of that game not, yesterday, and they, they struggled against Missouri in the first quarter. They only punted one time. You're so not going to chill out. They, uh, <laughs> at the first quarter, it was 10-3 to 3, um, from what I saw. But, no, I mean, when you have – there were multiple drives yesterday where I was like, Okay, the Jalen Guyton catch, which would have been a first down. He should have caught that. He dropped it, yes. Mason, he threw it on the play right after that. He threw it at, uh, I forgot whose feet. I think it was Jalen Darden's feet. Yeah. And it would have been a first down. Was, yeah, there cool. was plays last week where, obviously, it drops. There was plays in La Tech where they were only held the, what was it, three points in the second half. You can't. There are bad stretches. Right, and it's okay to have bad stretches, but. When no, you, it's not. Y'all are saying it's no, not okay to it have is bad okay to, It's okay to have, but it's it's not. There are things that shouldn't be happening. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because like y'all don't want a single bad pass by Mason <laughs> Fine. And I'm, I'm I agree with you, JML zero three three six. And the thing is, they have, and I'm saying that they don't have to force passes. They don't have they, to force they don't, things. They don't have to force passes. But when passes are getting to the receivers' hands, they're dropping them. I agree. The drops are when, bad. When 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 I, th- I mean, I just don't have, because that's a big part of why they Again, haven't scored. It's a, it's a it's it's a complex thing because I'm saying that they don't have to score every time. I'm a, to blow teams out. No, and, no. And last year I that wasn't that. the case. So when you enter a game knowing that your defense has your back, which is something they did not have last year, it's a different mindset. You know you can try to control more of what you control. You don't have to control what the defense controls. All you want to do is get them pinned inside the 20 which they did five times right. that's that's fine you can you can do that but when on when you're when it's like for example i'm just trying to think of more things to just say other than other than what i've already said but the team is expected to be an offensive powerhouse they're supposed to be that the, was the expectation coming into the season but i think expectations but, have changed but tell me okay tell me a better offense than the conference you say there should, there's not, there shouldn't be one. Okay, exactly. Besides FAU, and, and maybe. Mason knows FAU, that, maybe, but FAU's quarterback but, is average. But, so but Mason knows that they should be, and they need to show the rest of the conference that they are the best offense. Right, everyone knows that. On paper, obviously, they're the best offense. Looking. Yes. But he wants it to be, like, like yesterday, he wanted it to be 45-7. to 7. Yeah. And there's no reason why it shouldn't have been, if that makes sense. I'm not well, saying it's bad. the reason it shouldn't have been was because Southern Miss defense is legit, and North Texas... If this is last year, North Texas against that SMU or Southern Miss team, it's really tough to, right. for me to say that North, that last year North Texas team doesn't get in a little bit of a shootout, and Southern Miss might actually win that game. No, because yeah, Southern I, Miss I agree moves. with that. But I'm saying this team is completely different. The offense has improved. The offense should be better. The offense should should be blowing out teams I, I, more. I think one thing that exemplifies my point exactly to what I wanted uh, I want to say is the fact that I think last year Mason Fine. Against a good Southern Miss team, I think he throws a couple of interceptions, and I, I think that is an approach. I don't think that is I don't think that is Mason being that much worse, but I think it's a difference it's just, in approach. I agree. I think Mason I agree. I can find agree that. throwing no interceptions in almost forty attempts shows the approach that they have in that they're if it's not there, he knows he's going to get rid of it and punt the ball. Last right. year, 
If it's not there, he's going to hold another extra second, maybe take a sack, maybe throw a pick, maybe throw a deflection, something riskier. But this year he has these like in the back of his head, whether it's run, it's definitely not running through his head, but in the back of his mind, he thinks, all right, let's get it out and let's punt it. We'll get the ball back and we'll be fine. Last year, you don't know if you're getting the ball back. You're getting the ball back that's, off a kick return. I, that's a fair that's point. That's my but point. What about the first quarter of last of last night's game? Last yesterday's game was a defensive duel, it was zero zero. Right, but I'm saying there were multiple drives where they had the first down and they couldn't score. Yes, I mean, and that and goes that, to that, your and, point. And, and that, exactly, and I'm saying that's what JML is saying is that this team is capable of doing this offense I is agree. capable of doing so much more than what it's shown. And I'm not. And I agree. And I, I think just, I think both of us aren't saying that they're playing bad. They're playing as good as they need to to win games, and more so than they need to to win games. But we see so much potential and know that they are so much better than they've shown this season. I agree. And I just think that they aren't forced to get that level. But I don't think, that level. And I think, they, I, think, I think where we disagree is where you think it's not necessary, where I think that they should just... I think that it's an approach. I think it's an approach I agree coming it's an approach, to the game. But I think you can still put up yesterday 45 points without It's tough without to pick. put up... It's tough to score eight times and not be forcing the ball a little bit more. You know what I, you no, know what I mean? No, I see what you're saying. Like, but if you're not trying to like get big plays, which I don't think they're trying to do actively this year, which is reflected in Mason's I play, agree. I agree. It's hard to put up 50 points, and especially when they're running the ball as much as they have been. So I, I just think that it's an approach difference, and I just think that the offense is not built. The offense is built to score point, score a lot of points, but the approach isn't doesn't match that. So I agree to disagree. That's my point. okay. All right. Uh, is there so, a fourth one? So yeah, we, we finished the the penalty. Just I just want to shout it out again. That's an amazing celebration. Yeah, we backtracked, but keep yeah. it up. Yeah, keep um, keep up. Keep Brandon Garner and EJ. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yes, that's keep great. It. I'll will talk to y'all on on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> like to remind you. All right. Are, or is Next that, is, up, oh, yes, is another one. Yes, one more. Um, something or nothing. Getting three votes in the coaches poll. Is North Texas on its way back to getting ranked? If this team wins out, sure. So did, I think I think it is something. We saw college football had a complete just reversal of what we all thought was going to happen in terms of the four teams that were going to make it to the college football playoff. Um, lots of teams lost yesterday, and lots of teams almost lost yesterday. Yeah. Um, UCF scared. UCF, U- USF Texas. scared. Texas should have destroyed Baylor way more than, scared. Uh, than what happened. Georgia got Georgia lost by, by LSU. LSU. Um, obviously, there's different circumstances for each of those upsets, but because of those upsets, North Texas along with just the one loss, is kind of favored. And along with Liberty beating Troy, your strength of schedule goes up a little bit. Yeah. And that's what uh, AP voters look at. So one day. You give me you give me the team at 13-1 and one at the end of the season. So what's the earliest they can get ranked? <sighs> no earlier than the second to last week. or So 10-1? and one? Or 9-1? Nine, nine It'd have to be if you be, win the conference championship winning out. No, but what's the earliest they can get ranked? I think that's the OSU to win the conference championship. So they'd have to be twelve and one to get right. Is that the conference championship? Yeah. The thir- game one? Thirteen. I th- game oh, 13. I guess. Okay. That's tough. I'm gonna say no, no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say FAU. If they beat FAU week eleven, that's three games away. That's, that's week eleven. That's ten and one. If they beat FAU, and assuming FAU is still an adequate team, that I think that gets you ranked. Ten and one with a win over FAU, UAB, um, Arkansas, SMU. Okay, it gets you ranked, and just and just because, what do you think the ceiling is in terms of if you were to highest ranked? Say they you end up thirteen to one, so they go fourteen or thirteen to one. Yeah, twenty. 
Okay. No way it's over. No, 20. no way it's over twenty. No that, 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 that loss, tech loss, yeah. even if it was mm-hmm. last second. I agree. All right. You know what's next, Colin? We it's, have a new segment on, we do. on this show, and um, I think who, who, I think y'all are gonna enjoy who, it. Who's the credit? Who who made the name? I forgot. I have no clue. Scott? Somebody, some, it was our buddy Scott, Scott said that Sidway. we should have a new segment Hello, called Scott Colin's Sidway. Corner. Scott doesn't listen to this podcast. Shout out to Scott. He, he hates our he podcast. Yeah, he's, but it's okay. Trying to get rid of it. No, he but. added more time onto our podcast, which he hates. Yes. So uh, here we go. He wants it to be shorter, <laughs> and we're making it longer. No. So uh, Colin's Corner is the name of this new segment. So Colin has something. Uh, Every week. Yeah, the, it's not going to be like a final breakdown or anything, but no. Colin is going to say something that we don't have budgeted or that I didn't think of or that he thinks is important that needs to be brought up. So, Colin, what is it this week? What, what's okay. on your mind? So, And we, we, we both debate about this, by the way. It's not just me of going course, on yes, some I ridiculous will, rant. Yes. Okay, so this team is 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Best, best, arguably one of the best teams, if not the best team in North Texas history. Yes. Um, had the best quarterback you've ever had. Have one of the best defenses you've ever had. This team is really good. Yeah. And uh, there was maybe 8,000 people there yesterday. Yeah. And I think that is a complete disgrace, to be completely honest. And, uh, I mean, it stands look completely empty. I mean, they were bad. It was like... I, I don't know how to explain the atmosphere other than just completely bad. <laughs> you tweeted out a picture before, 15 yeah. minutes before kickoff. Yeah, 15 minutes before kickoff, it looked like there were like 3,000 people in the yeah. stands. And most of the people got there after halftime. Yeah. So uh, this team deserves to have at least an actual 20,000 people there. there right. It was reported 18,000. That was not true That's at all. A lie. It was a complete lie. And this to, and I think what happened was the LaTeX loss kind of made everyone think like oh this team isn't for real like to the casual fan yes because north texas has a lot of casual fans they're not they going to be the die hard this is a music school yeah this is this is a team this is a school that is on the up and up and up they're not before before ren baker and everybody this team had really nothing i mean when you think about it in the grand yeah, scheme of i mean things, they were good in 2013 but 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 again just, they didn't have the traction and that was just football you didn't have the basketball, basketball team doing well yeah, you didn't have exactly. the volleyball team doing well you didn't have you obviously had soccer but Sorry for soccer. Most people don't like soccer in America. Yeah, I mean, that's why they get 500 people. This is a football state, and I mean, that's a testament to Seth's recruiting being Mm -hmm. the best class ever um, for this next season. But you need to give this North Texas, these North Texas athletics more attention because without it, it's just going to stagnate and that that it it ends. I agree. I think uh, obviously part of it was it was supposed to rain. But I Okay, I'll let you I go. I'm sorry. I agree. A part of it was it was supposed to rain. A part of it was, um, I mean, it only got pushed back 30 minutes. If I got pushed back an hour or two, I would un- understand right. more. 30 minutes, you're already there. You already know if you're going to the game or not mm-hmm. at that point. So it was supposed to rain, pushed back 30 minutes. Um, I, I honestly don't know what else. I mean, the 1 o'clock kickoff, not usual 6 o'clock, which is weird, but it's you not. You could argue it's a better time, though. It, sh- it should be a better time. You know, get it out the way. Uh, if anything, open up your Saturday nights for, for yeah, for, whatever. for celebrating the yeah, win. Whatever it's you about to happen. You want to go to Fry Street or whatever, you got you have time to, you know, change clothes. You don't have to just drive over there. Um, so, yeah, those three, those three things, I mean, those are the three things that I think contributed to it. But still, regardless, I said before... Even if conditions were perfect, game was played at six o'clock, whatever, they weren't going to get any more than twenty-two thousand people there. I don't even think it, it's above twenty. 
that would be terrible. I, I think, think I think that LaTeX loss and that UTEP almost loss is I, people look at people don't look at the actual game. They look at scores and box scores, especially UTEP. You, we we right, and, we and, watched and, it on right, We both yeah, we both <laughs> reacted to that, but we still knew that this team wasn't as bad as UTEP. We didn't think UTEP was on the level of North Texas or Texas North Texas on the level of UTEP. North Texas fans, because they're mostly the casual fan, they look at the score and they go, "Okay, they're going to lose next week to uh, Southern Miss." Yeah, the, their their 4-0 start was just just a blip. by chance. Exactly, yeah. it was a blip, and you got to give this team more credit than that. And I think that fans need to show up and give more credit to that because without it, you're just going to go back to the, for all intents and purposes, the relevant school that UNT was before. I mean, you didn't know what the school was prior to coming here, Correct. and that's not saying that UNT is a bad school. It's just that athletics drive a pro, drive drive a school. You look at UT. They do. Yeah, they drive I mean revenue. Yeah, it's exactly it's revenue. And UT or UNT is uh, better in a lot of categories academically than a lot of other schools like OSU, OU, Alabama. But it's it's the sports and athletics that make a school look a lot better than it actually is to mo- the majority of the population. Yeah, exactly. Because people, this is for everything. They just look at headlines and yeah. just like they'll look at box scores and scores. And I think. It's just so disappointing. <laughs> the one thing I want to add, probably the only thing I really wanted to add, is that it was brought up to me by um, Kyle, Kyle Humans. Um, I believe Kyle brought it up. I'm not sure. Someone, someone else might have brought it up, actually. But we were talking about it, and Seth has done everything he can possibly do for this program. Best recruiting class next mm-hmm. year in Conference Tuesday by almost 20 spots. Six and one team this year. Votes. Votes. Five and one, so five and one entering the game. Went nine and five last year with the bowl game, and conference and a conference championship appearance. He's done everything humanly possible for this program. Yeah. To be good. And imagine him running out onto the field and seeing eight thousand people, um, less than eight thousand. And people by the there. end of the game, there was only, I mean, how many? Uh, there's there's probably like six or seven. Yeah. But I mean, still, just I just I just put myself in his shoes. To do all the work possible, and get this, and have immense success, and roll out there to eight thousand people on a day where it's not raining. The for it, the forecast said it was by twelve o'clock. We knew it was going to stop raining by right. by two. Right. So people knew if you wanted to go to the game, you were going to go to the game. If you weren't, you weren't. And you knew ahead of time that it was at one. If you wanted to go to the game again, you were going to go to the game at one. So for Seth to roll out there to eight thousand people. I just feel like if I was him, I would just feel no support from this school. I agree. And I know you have Rimbaker, you have Neil Smatris behind you. They are huge football advocators. They, they renewed his contract twice yeah, since they, he's been they here. They can't do anything more. Seth can't do anything more. This team can't do anything more. I, if I were Seth, I would just feel like there's a ceiling with this school. Exactly. And this team has gone from one and eleven to. Whatever it could get. I mean, hell, they might go to eleven and one. Yeah, three they could years. go. Ele- think of that: one eleven to eleven and one in three years, and possibly a top twenty-five ranking from dead last to top twenty-five. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Nope. That happens nowhere. No, but again, and no place do you have a Mason Fine come in, and no place do you have a good coach as Seth Latrell come in. There's no place do you have a administration in a, that in- comes that that supports you so much so. That they are doing anything they can to keep you here. They've renewed Seth's contract twice and raised his salary both times yeah. and extended him. Seth will leave this program if he doesn't feel like it's if he feels like he's he's getting capped off. Yeah, I don't think Seth isn't thinking. Seth is not a person to think in the future, and we've learned that uh-huh, from the way he, he, from his game plans and everything. But 
the more and more that fans do not show up and where where he's able to kind of sense like okay i've reached the ceiling yeah i've reached the ceiling he's gonna look to other places and rightfully so seth wants to stay I'm not going to say that obviously if he gets a job off from OU or something, he's oh, going to yeah, leave. But I'm course. saying Seth isn't actively. Seth is trying is not using this as a stepping stone at yes. this exact time. Yes, he wants correct. to make this program great, and we've seen that with what he's done. He's put every his heart and soul into this program. He's still he's offering people for 2020. I mean, three offers last night. Yeah, you least. have the best recruiting class ever for 2019 for UNT. Yeah, what what do you want? The yeah. So I mean, there's not there's not much more I can add to that besides. Um, Seth came out and thanked the fans that were here. Yeah, and after, obviously that was a shot afterwards. If it, it felt like one, it was. Ren Baker tweeted out shortly after the game, "We need more fans to show up." He said that. He did tweet it out. Let me find the tweet. You keep talking. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So again, I mean, <laughs> Ren, you're gonna and I. The thing is, people who listen to this podcast are not gonna be the casual fans. Right. Exactly. And that's so another thing. We're, that talk, is another we're preaching thing. to the choir here, but. Somebody needs to tell. Somebody needs to show the casual fans what this means. They need to show the students what this means and what some. If somebody could put together like a damn graphic or a a, a chart of revenue that good football programs are getting, whether and it's not just Alabama. I'm not just talking about Alabama, but just any UCF. Like UCF. UCF. Yeah. I I want. Shoot, I might do it sometime. Look up the revenue difference from before Scott Frost went. To, was that UCF? Because I think they were still quality. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know UCF's history. But look up the difference between then and now, with them being top ten. I just want to see the difference, and because I guarantee you, it's huge. Well, you think about Loyola Chicago. They they exactly. go on that run and exactly. their enrollment doubles. Exactly. I mean, your enrollment's going to increase. I mean. This is the tweet, by the way. This is huge. Go ahead. Uh, Ren said this after the game. Very grateful for all that uh, Mean Green Sports fan that made it out today. But to be a championship program, we need everyone to be doing their part. Rain kept too many fans away today. South of Trail, our players and coaches are doing their part. Buy your tickets now for homecoming. Wow, I didn't see that. That's beautiful. And obviously, when he says rain, he knows it's not just the rain. Of course. I mean, there's... It's laziness. Rain is on the lowest level of, I'm going to stop people from going to a game. I mean... It is, and it, and the, as I said, the forecast was new. We knew it was gonna stop raining by twelve. Yeah, it so, was gonna stop raining by two at twelve. So. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. All right. Let's get into the UAB preview. Let's, okay. Let's do it. Man, I'm heated now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, this, is one, this is probably the most emotional podcast we've ever had. We went from happiness to the fusion, to, right? To to a competitive. Uh, to me sweating. <laughs> to, yeah, I'm now sweating. All right. Anyways. Okay. I mean, it's hot in this room. Anyways. It is. It's the, we're the only people that use this room. Yeah. I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> Nobody else uses these mics. <laughs> All right. UAB preview. Okay. Right. Again, as we talked about earlier, UAB, we did not think had a chance to win um, the conference. We just thought they were going to be like an, a, a, a good team, but a mediocre team. Yes. They are now 3-0 and in conference, 5-1 and overall, and they beat Rice 42-0 and beat La Tech last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're in the lead for Conference USA West, and I mean, I don't really think there's much more to say other than that this team is for real in terms of Conference USA, and I think this next game is probably more important than the La Tech game. Well, we wouldn't be saying that if we won the La Tech game. If North Texas won the La Tech game, we wouldn't have said that. No, well, I, think, I don't think I, so, because I, I don't think... I think oh, it's, okay, more, well, then it's, it's, gotta, it's more important because UAB you have to win La this Tech. game. Well, UAB beat La Tech. That too. I think that's why. If yeah. LaTeX would have beat UAB, then we would have still said the LaTeX game is what screwed us over. Is what screwed North Texas over. 
But since UAB beat LaTeX, it's like a three, it's like a three-way fight now. Yeah. If LaTeX beats UAB, it's still a two-way fight. It's over. Fight. Yeah, it's over at that point. So, I mean, yeah. The one concern that I have with UAB, we watched the highlights of Rice, and Rice was looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, so, Rice was. Again, abysmal. we didn't learn much from that. <laughs> uh, Louisiana Tech looked like a shell of themselves against UAB, but we don't know how much of that's UAB. We don't know how much of that's LaTeX. But their first four games, just don't jump off the page. I mean, you have Savannah State beat 57-0. They lost to Coastal Carolina. That was their only loss, 47-24. to 24. And Coastal Carolina is an alright team, but they lost to Troy earlier this year by like 20 or so. So Coastal Carolina is like an eh. like a Liberty. Yeah, probably. We just compare a lot of teams to Liberty. You notice that? Oh, it's because Liberty, I mean, is like an average Liberty team. Liberty is a <laughs> sleeper team almost. I mean, <laughs> So, um, I believe Tulane, they beat as well. Tulane's um, nothing special. Yeah. Then they beat Charlotte. So that's their first four games. You know, but three and one. Then they beat La Tech. And that's their stepping stone game. That's right. the game that everyone's this is, like. This is UAB's Arkansas in terms of comparison to strength of schedule. Yes. So La Tech is their, is their stepping stone game, like I mentioned. They didn't have a big game. They didn't have a big test like everyone else. Right. Then they beat Rice. So you look at the two tough games on their schedule. Coastal Carolina, La Tech. They went one and one. They won the one that mattered because it's in conference. And I just don't know how much I, this team hasn't played a tough schedule. I agree. Compared to North Texas, even though North Texas schedule isn't super tough either, but SMU has as, come around as the seasons come along. Yeah, it's, SMU's it's, it's, come around. It's turned up. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas is still not good for SEC standards. But they're still, still an SEC team. Still Arkansas. Um, and they they're still it, a team that play is playing good yeah. football right hey, now. Hey, they the last, put up more points against Alabama. Yeah, the last two <laughs> weeks or the last three weeks, they've actually had given teams a little bit of a problem or two weeks i'm sorry last two weeks yeah um so north texas strength of schedule i think is definitely better than uab's at this point in the year oh yeah for sure but uab has the win over la tech and they have it convincingly so that's what we have to figure out how is the uab team for that real? much better than la tech or was la tech it was a was it a hangover game for la tech and that's all stuff I don't know if we'll be ever be able to find out. Yeah. Because um, we won't know until this, this is almost like how at the beginning of the season, North Texas was playing out of their minds, and then they had the kind of down time. And we didn't really have that middle ground where we're like, okay, this is how consistent this team is. UAB is kind of in the same spot because you had Savannah State, which obviously you're going to blow out any team yeah, would. Tulane, Charlotte, and then you have Rice. Tulane and Charlotte and Rice, exactly, who are bad. really bad. <laughs> um so you have really bad teams, and then you have their uh, who they lose to after Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina, and we don't really know a whole lot. Who's about not bad? They're three and three. They've lost to um, South Carolina by like twenty four forty eight. Lost to Troy by like twenty, and uh, I'm not gonna remember their other loss. But I mean, other yeah. than that, they don't have. And then, and then you have win their besides, loss, and I think the, that's their most important. And then you have their loss. La Tech win. Yeah. So this is almost this is kind of like a did North North Texas performed bad against La Tech UAB performed really good against La Tech or La Tech was just kind of really yeah, bad yeah so, so you have different into the there's no there. there's no middle ground basically what I'm trying to say we don't we don't have that consistency yeah. to know and against Rice I mean when you think about it they didn't really have a good game in terms of correct non-big plays and, and, and I mean I you had their quarterback well, 11 for 17 by the time it was I think they scored 35 I think it was 35-0 with 10 minutes left in the sec, in the third quarter so they scored seven points for the rest of the game. So they scored forty-two and three quarters. Okay, so yeah, there you yeah. go. So again, it's it's hard to gauge those games, right. which is why I don't like gauging those no, games. No, I agree. But you have 
AJ Erdley for 11 for 17 for 274 yards. Two of those, I mean, half of his yards were on. 11 completions for 274 yards? Yeah. That's and their back and quarterback only passed twice and didn't even have a completion. So AJ Erdley, he played the whole game for all intents and purposes. And he was 11 for 17 against a Rice defense. And you could be like, okay, well, they went to the rush, uh, rushing game. They obviously put up a lot of rushing yards, but it wasn't. They didn't have like 500 yards of offense or anything like that yeah. against a really bad team. It was kind of like distributed. Rice just got destroyed by by yeah. big plays. Is all it was. The um, AJ early to talk about him. He has seven touchdowns, five interceptions on the year, five rushing touchdowns on the year. He is a pretty mobile guy. He's a pretty big guy. Yeah. Um. He's kind of he's a little fleet, a little fleet of foot. He's got some good mobility to him, so I think that's definitely something to watch. The last quarterback that could move was the Liberty quarterback, um, Calvert, I believe. I believe Calvert moved pretty well. Yeah. I'm not going to remember. Oh, J. J Moore Smith. Yeah, but did J. Moore run? Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't. He was like, mobile, AJ in, he was mobile like, in the pocket. AJ Early seems like he can run. I don't think and J. Moore. And we've seen, we've, all we've seen is highlights. I, I don't think J. Moore needs, needed to run during yeah, that Yeah, J. Moore didn't though. need to run. They, they handed the ball off really well. Yeah. Um... So this might be the most mobile quarterback that they've played, right? Definitely. Think, ben Hicks, think... UIW, Liberty, Arkansas. Yeah. It yeah, has but to be. I mean, I think I think in terms of dying, using their movement in a like Mason uses his movement to stay in the pocket. Mason could rush any whenever he wanted to, but that's not yes. necessarily the best idea. Jamar used it the same way Mason usually does, you know, staying mobile in the pocket. Yeah. Um, getting out of the pocket to throw passes. I think. AJ just kind of uses it to run more. More than okay. I mean, think of Mason freshman year almost. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, AJ is a seasoned guy. Yeah. I want to say he's a senior. Yeah, he's. We knew he's going to be good coming into the year. I didn't. I expected him to have more than seven touchdown passes, which is kind of alarming. But they're a run-heavy team. They have a multitude of backs that can run the ball pretty well. They have gotten uh, seventy-one rushing first downs to fifty-four passing first downs. That's not something you see very often, mm -hmm. um, especially last week. North Texas sh took away the run from SMU, and that was their game plan. So I could see that being a similar USM. game plan. Yeah, yeah, USM, I'm sorry. Um, they took away the runs, and I could see that being a similar game plan this week because out of 20 uh, Southern Miss first downs, um, I believe – oh, it's over here. I'm <laughs> It's on this one. But I believe only four of them were rushing. I think 16 of them were passing. Yeah. First downs. Because, I mean, they weren't able to get there. Yeah, so. On the ground. I have it right here. Let me find it. First downs. Yeah, four to four to 14 and two to penalties. Shout out to that dance. So four <laughs> four rushing touch, four rushing first downs. And I, so you kind of have a strength on strength. You're going to have Refit's rush defense against a UAB offense that likes to run the ball, with the, whether it's with the quarterback, Spencer Brown, um, the other running back that you named, you're going to have kind of a butting of heads there. And so I, the defense usually gets an upper hand when they know that they want to stop the run. Yeah. And Early hasn't proven that he can consistently pass the ball really well. So that's no. going to be that's going to be something to watch. And that's going to be kind of the key to the game is can Early, A, get the run game going, and B, can he make the defenders pay um, or make the defensive backs pay for leaving them in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Yeah, and like you said, this is, I mean, strength on strength. Um, early is, uh, when you, th I, we're hyping him up a lot. I th he's not very accurate, 56%. Mm -hmm. Yes, as a passing quarterback, yeah, I yeah, know. He's, yes. he's not very accurate, but he's able, he's, he's a really good, I want I, I don't want to say game manager because he's above that, but I want to well, say. Well, they have big plays in their yeah, exactly. They have big, yeah, they have big plays, but it's nothing that 
I don't think North Texas hasn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is the best passing offense that they've. I mean, no. it, you could even argue it's one of the worst. Um, I <laughs> mean, perhaps. when you think about it. Yeah, SMU's SMU, Arkansas, Liberty, and um, La Tech. And I'd probably say all those Southern quarterbacks. Southern Miss is close. I'd say all those quarterbacks are probably better. Jamar, Ben Hicks, Cole Kelly. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. So this team Calvert is, is the fourth. Yeah, this team. This team. Th- Runs it and gets big plays when it needs to. Um, yeah. It's, it's a ground and pound and then kind of gets you like a play action. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Exactly. Um, so, like you said, strength on strength. They don't have, uh, against Rice, they actually only had 28 minutes of possession. Yeah. And that's, that's probably, probably because of the big plays. plays. <laughs> but um, this team is not going to pass the ball. 1,100 yards passing. So, hmm. take that for what you will. That's half of what yeah, Mason ha- has. Think, yeah, that's half of what Mason has. Mm-hmm. And only seven touchdowns, five interceptions. So they're going to run the ball a lot. This is going to be not triple option t- style stuff, no. but it's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be pound. It's going to be a ground yeah. pound game. And we'll see how North Texas handles it because they took away Southern Miss's run game, but Southern Miss didn't have the run potency of UAB. Well, they, UAB. Took, away, they took away Arkansas's run game too. They did. They did. And Arkansas, Arkansas has line, a real running back. Yeah, but our, our Arkansas's offensive line was, uh, was shaky coming into the game. Okay. Even though they are athletes, but they were shaky coming into the game. They yeah, weren't. They, so, um, Liberty, Liberty run game was a little similar in a way, uh, but they they quieted that down. Liberty was kind of a similar thing. They were run game and big play, uh, passing, which kind of affected the defense in a way in the first half. Uh, I'm trying to think. Anyone else? SMU's running back was supposed. Running yeah, back and they shut. Supposed to be yeah, we we yeah. both said that so they, they shut, shut down. down so. so Again, strength on strength. I think the North Texas run defense has been excellent up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the UAB run offense has been excellent up to this point. So it's going to be a real test. And it's in UAB. It's in Birmingham. Yeah. So that's something else to keep your eye on. And, and last season, uh, UAB, it was like, I think it was like the 48-45 It was win. a super close game. Every every game was close. Well, I know, but I mean, I mean yeah. it was super high scoring. It was, super it high was scoring. ridiculous. Yes, it was. It was. Um, I don't expect that this, this time around. I don't think so either. I don't... Um, I don't think so either. I think. Are we getting to predictions? I I mean I, there, really, I don't really I don't really have a whole lot of the say because I mean what is there to say? You yeah, don't have you don't you don't have you don't have them the breakout players. You don't. I mean. Yeah, they have receivers who can play make plays, but it's nothing they haven't seen before. You could argue Quez Watkins was was a better receiver than anything UAB has. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, you could say I mean you could say about a lot of the guys that they've seen. So I don't think the pass game will catch them off guard at all. The cornerbacks are well tested. The defensive backs are well tested for the pass game of AJ Erdley, who hasn't been great. Yeah. Um, but so like we said, it's going to be run game versus run defense, and the winner of that is going to be in a position to win the game, unless North Texas offense just goes crazy, in which case it won't matter. <laughs> and and they put together a full game like y'all yeah. want. It. Yeah. It yeah. could it could it could not matter. But yeah. Um, it, UAB is going to tr- what they're going to try to do is, is kind of take that time of possession um, mm-hmm. to where North Texas can't score, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, the line I I saw people on on um, the Twitter predicting the line at around two or three for North Texas, which is which is I feel like it's reasonable on the. I road. mean, you have to think about that after they beat La Tech. I mean, yeah, so um, I think I do think North Texas will be favored, and I I, I think I think North Texas is going to win. I do agree it's going to be kind of a lower scoring game. I said I said that last week and then predicted like 34-28, but I think I mean, that is low scoring it in is terms of scoring. their average. It is. So 
I, I don't think I, I just I can see the game this game from a UAB offense's perspective playing out how Southern Miss kind of struggled initially. I think they're going to get going a little bit more because they have better players, they have a better quarterback, they have um, they have a better running game. But I still think that they're going to struggle to put up points consistently on this North Texas offense. And especially, we don't know the status of Kimon Hall, but if mm-hmm. Kimon Hall is healthy, that adds another layer completely. So I'm going to say for my prediction, I'm going to say I'm going to say 31-21 North Texas. Ooh, that's tough for me. I could see a field goal coming in. Because I don't – well, I don't think – I'm gonna say I don't think I don't even know if UAB could score that many points. I think so. Because, because okay, they, uh, we, we, let's use LaTeX as a benchmark. Okay. Ubosi, who had 196 yards against Rice, only had 50 yards against LaTeX. Uh-huh. Their running back had 90 yards. Erdley had 136 yards before last before this last Sands game. He had 136 yards, 214 yards, 180 yards, 150 yards, and then 228 yards against Savannah State. Yeah. So again, it's gonna so, be a run game. And that, exactly. And I don't think that there. I think this run defense gets a few three and outs. Because Good. What, what's going to happen, it's going to be a third and eight, and they're going to have to pass the ball. And then it's either – I think I could I could see multiple picks this game. I could too. Early is, has thrown five picks this year. Yeah. And, and, and only how many attempts, not a lot. Exactly. And throwing in that – I mean, how many of his uh, – PB have been broken up? I don't well, know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how many of his passes were against uh, Savannah State, uh, his passing true. touchdowns. So he had two of his passing touchdowns against Savannah State. Any interceptions? One pick. Okay, so he still threw a pick. That so game. exactly, so he still threw a pick. So think of five touchdowns four. in four picks. I'm, I'm talking about touchdowns. Okay, five touchdowns in five D1 games. Yeah. I mean that's not that's not enough to that's not enough to beat this North Texas team. Give me 38-17. Jesus, you just said. I thought you said UAB is going to be controlling the clock. I but I North Texas, North Texas doesn't take I think it's going to be a lot of three and outs cuz they're going to I said they're going to try to control the clock. I don't think they can do it. Okay. Because uh, Southern Miss tried controlling the clock. Also, I do think being on the road is going to is going to help UAB in a way. So I don't I agree. I, I could see it being a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be one of those deceptively close games. So, we'll whatever see. you want to say. All right. All right. We good, Colin? I'm good. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Twitter. Thanks. Thank you for, yes, the Twitters are on the stream. If you are watching on the stream, we thank you very much for watching on that. Um, on Twitch, our Twitch is Bruni's underscore breakdown. Um, our SoundCloud is just Bruni's breakdown podcast. This will be up in a matter of minutes. Um, so so the, for those of you who want to watch it again. Yes. Is it <laughs> saved on Twitch? Yes. There you go. So you can go back and watch it. We, um, you can see our setup. Um, it's great. It's a, not, a not really. <laughs> so whether you're watching on Twitch, listening on SoundCloud, however you are consuming this podcast, we thank you very much. We look forward to next week's game against Southern Miss. It's going to be a roadie. So we're against not going to be there. Against UAB, yeah. We're not going to be there. I'm so, yeah, against UAB. <laughs> I'm so... I'm so all the games mesh together at this point <laughs> in the year. Honestly, I don't know what's happening. But, um, yeah, so however you're consuming this, we thank you. Uh, for Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni, your host. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, and have a great week.